on behalf of our preacher of the day, uh, Pastor David Hoffman, along with our pastor emeritus, Pastor Bob Thomas. As we begin our time together, you will find your connection card in your bulletin packet or online at stonybrook.church. I invite you at some point to uh, fill this out during the worship service uh, and then drop it in the uh, offering basket on the way out or simply submit it if you're doing it online. Uh, this is a place for you to share with us that uh, you were in worship with us today. It's also a place where you can share any joys or concerns that you would like added uh, to our prayer chain. So I invite you to um, fill that out during the worship service. The endowment committee is pleased to present the third estate planning seminar. It's going to be on Sunday, February 6th from 2 to 4 in the afternoon. Uh, during this seminar, you will learn things about uh, wills and living trusts, probates and estates, and so much more. So if that's something you would uh, like some more information on, you are invited to sign up to attend that. Uh, you can do so on the back of the connection card. And if you have any questions, you can reach out to Tom Hoffman, who is the chairperson for our finance committee. Uh, also, our production ministry is uh, taking new volunteers on, so if you would like to get involved in the production of the worship services uh, here at Stony Brook, you are invited to do so at this time. We have openings uh, in graphics, uh, openings with sound, and openings running uh, the camera as well. Um, I sat behind the camera one Sunday, and I've been telling people, if I can do it, anyone can do it. Uh, Josh Howey will talk you, talk you through everything. It's a, it's a lot of fun. and gives you a different perspective on the worship service. You can find all of this information that I have shared with you and so much more about the mission and the ministries of Stony Brook Church online at stonybrook.church or in your bulletin packet. I invite you at this time to quiet your hearts and your minds as our prelude prepares us for worship.
I invite you to rise as you are able in body or in spirit for our call to worship. You will find your responses in bold. God invites us into his future where the one who makes all things new has made his home among us. We are called and chosen together embraced by the God in whom tears, mourning, crying, pain, and even death will be no more. Remember God's future for this is our story. Our Lord says, see, I am coming soon. And we respond, come Lord Jesus, amen. I invite you to have a seat as the kids of the kingdom lead us in our next uh, song. I invite you to hear these words from Micah about the vision of, about Micah's vision of God's kingdom. In days to come, the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established as the highest of the mountains and shall be raised up above the hills. Peoples shall stream to it and many nations shall come and say, come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob, 
that he may teach us his ways and that we may walk in his paths. For out of Zion shall go forth instruction and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. He shall judge between many peoples and shall arbitrate between strong nations far away. They shall beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nation shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war any more, but they shall all sit under their own vines and under their own fig trees, and no one shall make them afraid. For the mouth of the Lord of hosts has spoken. I invite you to rise as you are able in body or in spirit for our opening hymn. As we are in this series on the Lord's Prayer for six weeks, uh, we are going to be uh, saying uh, Lord's Prayer in different versions throughout this series. 
So today, when I get to the end of the pastoral prayer and I lead us into saying the Lord's Prayer together, know that it's not the version we are used to. It's the version from the message translation of the Bible. And so unless you have that version memorized, you'll want to take a look at your bulletin. It's printed in your bulletin. It will also be up on the screens. So with that, I invite us to turn our hearts into a time of prayer. Do we hear ourselves when we're praying? Do we have any idea what we're saying? Change the world. Turn things upside down. We want the fullness of your glory to be realized. Your kingdom come. Oh, it sounds so good, God. We say we want it. Peace, justice, love, comfort, mercy, forgiveness. But what we so often forget is that if it's true for us, it's true for everyone. And if it's true for everyone, we have a responsibility to work with you, to do our part, as you bring about your kingdom on earth. It will mean seeing those who are left outside, living without a home in the bitter cold. It will mean noticing the lonely, the sad, the grieving. It means paying attention to addictions and all the ways that we try to cover pain. It will mean letting others really see us. It will mean opening our hearts, and it will mean mean allowing you to change us. Change us, O God. We really mean it. Fill us with your spirit that will change the world. Move us to action. Show us the possibilities. As we open ourselves to your transformative nature, fill us with your peace as we are anxious. Show us your love as we feel unlovable. Shower us with your comfort as we hurt. Grant us your mercy as we grieve. And give us your forgiveness as we close ourselves off to you. Do we hear ourselves when we're praying? Do we have any idea of what we're saying? Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We now join our voices together, praying the prayer that you taught to your disciples and that you teach us by saying, Our Father in heaven, reveal who you are. Set the world right. Do what's best. As above, so below. Keep us alive with three square meals. Keep us forgiven with you and forgiving others. You're in charge. You can do anything you want. You're ablaze in beauty. Yes, yes, yes.
Thank you for your gift of music um, this morning. Several scripture lessons for us to consider this morning as we move into the second of our series on the Lord's Prayer. First, this vision of God's kingdom from Revelation. Hear these words. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, See, the home of God is among mortals. He will dwell with them and they will be his peoples. And God himself will be with them. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Death will be no more. Mourning and crying and pain will be no more. For the first things have passed away. And the one who was seated on the throne said, See, I am making all things new. Also he said this, Write this, for these words are trustworthy and true. Then he said to me, It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty I will give water as a gift from the spring of the water of life. Those who conquer will inherit these things. And I will be their God. And they will be my children. And these words from the sixth chapter of the Gospel of Matthew, verse 10. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Friends, this is the word of God for all God's children. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Thou who art over us, thou who art one of us, thou who simply art, give each of us a pure heart that we may see thee, a humble heart that we may hear thee, a heart of love that we may serve thee, and most of all, a heart of faith that we may always abide in thee. This is our hope. 
This is our prayer this day. Amen. Thy kingdom come. Your kingdom come. Thy will be done. Your will be done. On earth as it is in heaven. Now, I don't want to turn this into a grammar lesson like last week, but details are important. The possessive pronoun, our, that begins the prayer quickly shifts to a second-person possessive adjective, your. (laughs) My English teacher would be so happy at this point. But when we think about it, that shift is a pretty abrupt change. Have you ever paid attention to that as you're praying the Lord's Prayer? Not our kingdom, but your kingdom. And what Scripture confirms that, while Scripture confirms that we, that we have indeed been given keys of the kingdom, And for most of us, a warm and comfortable and hospitable room to stay in, we must confess that it is not ours. It really has never been ours, as in mine or even yours, to possess. And maybe ours can only be understood here as a possessive pronoun if we're talking collectively in the plural, as in partnership with God and bringing God's kingdom here on earth, but when we melt away all of the trappings, it is really God's kingdom. The kingdom belongs to the one to whom we are praying. We may may act or believe or behave otherwise, but we only fool ourselves. In their ornery and and thought-provoking book, Lord, teach us the Lord's Prayer in the Christian life. Bishop Will Williman and theologian Stanley Hauerwas says that little about the kingdom of God is self-evident. So don't think that you know all about the kingdom of God just because you are reasonably intelligent. They write, we have people who've been in the church for 50 years who still confess at being shocked by the appearance of God's kingdom when it happens. They still get miffed by the people who show up insisting that Jesus has invited them to dinner and are even yet surprised that light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. Perhaps the elusiveness of the kingdom is why most of Jesus' teaching is about the kingdom of God. It is God's kingdom, and that ownership allows God to be God. It allows us to remain as one of God's beloved children. We are not God, and we do not have to be responsible for everything. That's not what we have been created or designed to do. And thankfully, we don't have to have it all figured out either. (laughs) We don't have to have all the pieces in place for God to be God. 
And scripture teaches us, even this prayer teaches us, that God has designed us to place our trust in God. And again, allowing God to be God and and acknowledging that that trust can go both ways, that we trust God and God trusts us to bring God's kingdom here on earth. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In Bible study a couple weeks ago, um, I asked those gathered to think about the different ways and the words that are used to introduce the Lord's Prayer as we pray it here in worship. And one person said that we are asked to pray as Jesus taught us. Another person said that the word unity is often heard as we are invited to join our hearts and our voices together as one as we pray that prayer. And another said that she remembers the word boldness being frequently used. And I think all of those words are informative and intentional and can help us to pray the Lord's Prayer together. They can even help us to begin to understand what we are to learn from this prayer. And as Jesus taught his disciples and continues to teach us, this prayer can teach us many things. It's a model prayer that Jesus gave his disciples. It's also a prayer that can draw us together closer in relationship with God and closer in relationship with one another. It's also a bold prayer. And the focus for today about God's kingdom and God's will being done are bold things for which to pray. You see, when we strip away all the nostalgia from this prayer, I'm not not sure that we really want God's kingdom and God's will being done. Now stay with me for a moment. (laughs) When we strip away all the nostalgia from this prayer, I'm not sure that we really want God's kingdom or God's will being done. You see, taken seriously, these are pretty bold things for which to pray. And for us, myself included, who do not like this kind of change in our lives, this is a pretty drastic step. Just just think for a moment what this might look like for us. Take the scripture from Revelation as an example. Now, I must admit that there aren't too many texts from Revelation that I can rattle off from memory, right? But this one I know almost by heart. I've recited these words so many times in the course of hundreds of funerals as an attempt to bring a message of hope to those gathered together in the midst of loss. It's John's vision of God's kingdom. Hear these words. He will dwell with them as their God. They will be his peoples, and God himself will be with them. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Death will be no more. Mourning and crying and pain will be no more. I am making all things new to the thirsty. I will give water as a gift from the the spring of the water of life. 
And while this may seem comforting and reassuring at first glance, this is quite a change from what we mostly see and experience all around us. You see, this glimpse of God's kingdom is our assurance that the way things are now are not the way things will always be. That even the state in which we currently find ourselves is only temporary and that there is hope on the horizon, even in the midst of the realities of this pandemic. You see, with so much scripture, it really depends upon where we are sitting or standing. If we interpret God's kingdom coming on earth as it is in heaven as good news. You see, praying for God's kingdom, praying for that kingdom to come and God's will to be done in our midst is not just about receiving the benefits of the kingdom. It also means, and probably more importantly, that we are aligning ourselves with those things that conquer death and grief and pain and anguish in each other's lives, both in here and out there. It means letting go of old habits and actions and thoughts and resentments and attitudes, those things which we cling to so tightly. Because all things, not just some things, all things are being made new. And there's no escaping it in God's kingdom. It's the Easter message, God calling us from death and everything that holds us back to life, new life. It also means cultivating spirits that can listen and recognize those parched places inside and outside of ourselves and others thirsty for living water. To the thirsty I will give water as a gift from the spring of the water of life. I can't help drawing the comparison to a couple weeks ago when we were discussing the gift of baptism and how water was the sign that cleanses and calls us by name, calls us God's children, and then calls us to serve others. Now one question that keeps emerging for me in trying to process the pandemic is its effects. Processing those effects is not one question is not what I have lost during the pandemic and the limitations placed upon my life, but more importantly, what have I come to know as essential and the most important things in my life? What has the pandemic and its limitations taught me about what is most important in my life? What are the signs of God's presence and God's inbreaking in my life and in the lives of others? Who are the thirsty, those looking for signs of life, those desperate for, for some sort of respite from the pain and the grief in their lives? And what have I done about it? Your kingdom come. 
Your will be done, O God, on earth as it is in heaven. You see, praying these first few verses of the Lord's Prayer recognizes that God is with us. On heaven, on earth as it is in heaven, here and now and in the world to come. The home of God is among mortals. He will dwell with them as their God and they will be his peoples and God himself will be with them. At least for me, I need to hear that again and again and again. This last year especially has been quite a year of transition for me personally and I know for this congregation. There have been transitions of illness and disease of close family members and friends. There have been transitions and deaths of loved ones and overwhelming grief. There are changes that some have experienced around work and vocation and purpose. There have been shifts in relationships and loss of connection not to mention all the shifts that are going on in the world around us. However, we label these transitions in our lives. Know that God remains God. The Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end is with us and will never ever let us go. At the end of her book on the Sermon on the Mount, A.J. Levine gives us these words of hope. She writes, it is impossible to sustain the sense of the kingdom's presence. She says, stuff gets in the way, life gets in the way, failing bodies get in the way. We can't be perfect all the time. And these moments of doubt and frustration, jealousy, greed, or despair are not failures or disappointments. She says they are opportunities. When we lose the presence of the kingdom, she says when we lose the presence of, of the kingdom, she says Jesus offers exactly the right petition. Your kingdom come. Your kingdom come means that although it is not here yet, we can do more than simply pray for it. She says we can demand it from the divine. You see, that verse is imperative. We can demand it of the divine, and then we can go out and bear the fruits that will bring it back into our lives and into our hearts. As we close, I want to ask you how you're doing with the challenge that I gave you last week to pray the Lord's Prayer at least once a day. If you haven't started, it's not too late. I invite you to be a part of the challenge. <laughs> but what I'd like you to do this week is to pray the prayer and then spend a few minutes listening to what God places upon your hearts. And then I challenge you to take what God places upon your heart 
And then use the courage and the strength that God will also provide you to reach out and to bring God's kingdom here on earth. And what a difference. What a difference we could make in our lives and in the lives of those around us. Friends, may it be so. May it be so in our lives as we pray these words and as we seek to live them out daily. Amen. God indeed remains God, and it is God's kingdom. And Stony Brook gets to uh, point to God's kingdom through the mission and ministries of this church. We're able to engage in the ministries of this church because of all of the ways that you offer yourselves through your time, your talents, your prayers, your presence, and your financial gifts. You are invited to give your financial offering on the way out. Simply drop it in the basket or online at stonybrook.church/give. I invite you at this time to rise either in body or in spirit as we sing together our doxology. God, we thank you for these gifts which you have first given to us. We now joyfully return them to you so that they may be used to build your kingdom here on earth. Bless them, multiply them, help us to move them throughout our community and beyond so that all who come to receive them know of your great love in their lives. We pray this in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen.
worship started with uh, words, important words from um, the children in our midst. Can you imagine? Can you imagine what it would look like if we share the love and the grace and the peace that we receive from God with others? That's a part of bringing God's kingdom here on earth. That is our charge. Let us go forth in God's care, knowing that God goes with us. Amen. Thank you.